Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Welcome back, podcast listeners. Andrew McPeak here, and with me as always is, of course, Dr. Tim Elmore. How are you today, Tim? I'm, I'm here to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year to We're you. We're in a brand new year. We are. It's exciting. 2023. I'm loving it. I am too. Already. Already. Well, um, every year, we cannot help but do this. In fact, everybody does this. It's just there's something about this time of year where you just can't help but look back and look forward and think about the future and make New Year's resolutions and reflect on all of that kind of stuff. And we're going to do that certainly today. But we're also going to talk about a, a style of leadership. We care about leadership here. We're going to talk about a style of leadership that's going to help bring us together in this new year. I hope that's something that uh, everybody's thinking about. Whenever we're in this time of year, Andrew, I always think about that um, Italian custom. Yeah. Started in Italy, probably moved out to other countries in Europe as well. But the Italians are great people. So the custom that's been around for years and years and years and years is this. At the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve, you don't want to be walking out on the streets or sidewalks <laughs> of any major Italian city. Okay. And the reason is, is because windows will fly open, doors will be thrown open, and objects will begin to be thrown out onto the streets from the house or the apartment or whatever. How about that? Yeah, just, I mean, anything that carries with it a bad memory of the last year gets chucked. Articles of clothing, microwave ovens, whatever it is. uh, Like a bad book or a magazine or, yeah, yeah, articles of clothing, uh, Spouses? No, I'm just. Ki- I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Well, maybe I'm not. I don't yeah, know. Who knows? But but seriously, it's out. And and the next day they pick it all up. But I love what it basically they're saying in essence: out with the old, in yeah. with the new. Yeah. Let's get rid of the stuff that was, you know, not helpful or yeah, holding not, us back. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And let's stretch forward. So I'd like us mentally today to do that very thing. Let's chuck the stuff that didn't work. Let's yeah. chuck the stuff that wasn't helpful. Mm-hmm. That didn't help us move forward. And today, you're right, we're talking about leadership, and specifically leadership of multi-generational teams, where there are young and old and everything in between. And we're feeling, ah, this is a little awkward because we think differently. Yeah. A 22-year-old is going to think differently than a 62-year-old. That's yeah. just, it's just a thing. Yeah. Neither wrong or right necessarily, but we got to figure this out. There's another metaphor um, that will be helpful to us, I think, in this conversation today. So I don't know if anybody's ever heard. There's a there's a god in Roman mythology called Janus. It's actually the, the god that January is named yeah. after. And this is the god of beginnings and transitions. Love it. So this god in their mythology presided over passages, doors, gates, endings, and transitional periods, like moving from war to peace or from uh, one one uh, emperor to the next emperor. They would they would mm-hmm. celebrate this god, and so it is fitting and appropriate yeah. that in January every year we do exactly what this god did. Because if you actually see a picture of this god, I encourage you to look it up. It's quite interesting. The god is depicted as having two faces. Interesting. One face that points forward. Yep. One face that looks backward which is exactly what we tend to do and, frankly, need to do, especially great leaders need to do around this time of year and go, uh, are, am I looking backward to see what I learned from and what what didn't yeah. work? And am I looking forward to lead better in the new year? That's exactly what I did. Um, I I found some things, even, even in December, 
November, December that I that weren't good last year. They yeah. just weren't good about me. Yeah. And this is my chance to chuck it and say, let me look forward. Let me look backward first, and then let me look forward into yeah. a better year. So as we look backward, it's not hard to find examples. And I know you actually just wrote a book on this, yeah. um, but it's not hard to find examples of when it didn't go well. This whole yeah. uh, older generation and younger generation, yeah. especially in the workplace. Uh, so yeah. whether you're on a campus or in an organization or at a, at a church or a religious institution, and all of those places, you have this conflict that keeps happening. Well, I continue to hear stories about baby boomer and Gen Xer managers who become frustrated at the audacity of Generation Z or millennial team members. Yeah. Okay, There's kind of two younger and two older yep. generations that are working together or serving together today. Uh, in fact, let me give you an illustration. One manager said that a young job candidate told him in her interview I'm going to have your job in 18 months. <laughs> no, I think she meant to come across confident. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah. But Court, think about who you're talking to. You're yeah. talking about the guy that's interviewing you yeah. for this job. What's going to happen to this guy? Yeah, yeah. that's right. So yeah. she, she was dismissed, and she, I think, was a little bit flabbergasted yeah. at why he would dismiss her. Well, so yes, you want confidence, but you don't want to, you need to read the room. You yeah. read, need to read the nuances of yeah. who am I talking to? what must they might be feeling and how might yeah. they be reacting to what I just said. You might recommend to that young lady that she balance confidence and humility. There you go. From One another the, Tim Elmore That's book. right. A paradox. That's <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and I would say similarly, young professionals tell me about their consternation with older managers who they call dinosaurs sometimes. Course, yeah. uh, one 23-year-old resigned when his boss told him, hey, I own you. Well, that was a phrase that my generation has used over the years, not too much these days, Yeah. but no, you don't own me. I yeah. have a life outside of five o'clock and yeah. you know, or 8.30 to five or whatever. Yeah. And the fact that you can't recognize that is concerning. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. So these would simply be pictures of how an older generation might say something and how a younger generation might say something meant well, not right, yeah. not appropriate. And it doesn't get us to the goal we want to get to where we're blending together and we're actually pulling out the very best from both sides. Yeah. So this, I mean, this misalignment that we're talking about, both in both directions, as you've mentioned, leads to, I think, a common question. You and I hear it on the road. I know yeah. you hear this one all the time. So talk to us about that. Yeah. Well, the question basically is, in a nutshell, um, it's and it's usually from a manager or a leader, um, how do you lead a person who is much older or much younger than yeah. you are. So my generation, not all of us, but many of us are old enough to be in leadership positions. Yeah. Just tenure did yeah. it for us. Yeah. We may not be great, you're, but we've been around a long time. You're natural leaders just by virtue of having so much experience. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. But then there are people from your generation, Andrew, they're millennials and some Gen Zers now that might be stepping into a leadership position and they feel the awkwardness of, oh my gosh, I'm leading some team members that are old enough to be my uncle or my dad or my mom. Yeah. How do I do this? Yeah. So let me give a couple of examples. I just did a really fun event for um, Ford uh, auto dealers. So Ford has been a great brand that's been around for more than 100 years. Henry yeah. Ford, great, great innovator. Yeah. But um, these dealers were there. There were some millennials in the room, and then there were some baby boomers in the room. Mm -hmm. We had a wonderful conversation. It was really fun. We laughed a lot and so forth yeah. at ourselves. Yep, poke a little fun but at ourselves. there were some millennial managers that said, oh, I got some people in the auto shop, the repair shop. And, you know, they're older than me. They worked for 40 years. Yeah. I'm not even 40 years old. Yeah. So the older person being led by a younger person is one to always say, I've been around longer than you even yeah. grew a beard, you know, yeah. or something like that, something yeah. dumb like that. 
And that just that's not helpful. Yeah. But but there's that feeling of how do I earn the right to to lead this person with more experience than I do. And then I know people my age and sometimes I even feel it I so want to connect with you at 25. I'm not even sure what to say. I don't even know if I speak the same vocabulary. Yeah. And I feel at odds with with you because of that. Not because you're bad, not because I'm bad. I just don't know even what to say to connect. Yeah. Well, I commend Ford Motor Company and so many companies who recognize we've got to have this conversation. Yeah. Even if we're not getting it right right now, at least we know this is a big enough problem that we've got to address it. And I uh, I have been both in the position of leading people much yeah. younger than me and leading people older than me. And it is a challenge. I yeah. know you've been in that situation as well. It is a challenge to know how do I honor who that person is, whether it's they're bringing their age and experience or they're bringing their youth and creative ideas. Yeah. I want to honor whoever that person is. Um, but it, it is a great challenge because they're going to do things differently than I would. No doubt about it. In fact, in the world of education that we mostly serve, there will be school principals that would be leading faculty much older than them. In fact, they usually came out of the classroom themselves and got hired as an AP or a principal. Yeah. And now they're going, oh, this is so awkward. I was a buddy. Now I, I'm a buddy, but I'm not a buddy, you know, and now I must lead. And so yeah. today, in the few minutes we have, it's all about how do we navigate this tenuous place of different generations, different languages, different values, maybe even, but we want to make a connection. I love that. I love that. Well, we're about to get to, as Tim Elmore likes to do, get some very practical insights as you're going into this new year and thinking, uh, frankly, no matter who you are, you're probably in this position, right? You're either young and thinking, how do I lead uh, lead up? and Or you're in a, uh, an experienced position and you're going, how do I lead these young people? So no matter where you are, I know uh, we want to give you some great advice going into the new year, but it's also possible you may want to dig a little deeper on this topic. So we're going to take a quick break. We want to tell you about a resource that's available to you that I think you're really going to love. So we'll be right back. Hey, podcast listeners, Andrew here. I'd like to tell you about a brand new book from our very own Dr. Tim Elmore that you can pre-order right now. This book is called A New Kind of Diversity, Making the Different Generations on Your Team a Competitive Advantage. If you've been around Growing Leaders for very long, you know that we talk a lot about generations. Starting way back in 2010, Tim wrote his very first book on generations called Generation IY. And even back then, we began to see the importance of understanding how birth years can affect the way we think and interact with one another. But Tim, I want you to tell us about it because this new book discusses the topic of generations from a little bit of a different direction. So tell us a little bit more about this book. Yeah, so I've been intrigued by generations for my entire career, dating back to the late the 1980s when the boomers and Xers were new kids on the block. But in 2001, I did a book called Nurturing the Leader Within Your Child, where I put the very first generation chart uh, in that book. And ever since that time, I've just been intrigued. What if we could get beyond just studying the younger generation, learn about all the generations? So if we're not careful, we can merely get frustrated with older or younger generations around us. I think that's happened probably to all of us. Um, our kids, our colleagues, our athletes, our coaches, they're all either old school or new wave. In this book, I identify the items that shaped the builder generation the baby boomers, the Xers, the millennials, and Gen Zers, and what they offer to the rest of us, along with what they need. The entire book is about how to leverage each generation to be a competitive advantage 
rather than a disadvantage because we're colliding, not collaborating. I'm so excited to get this book into the hands of, of people. I'm so excited about it too. I'm personally really excited to get my hands on this book. It's going to be a fantastic resource and it's really gonna work for literally anyone who works alongside colleagues from a different generation. Whether they're older than you or younger than you, you're gonna learn more about who they are, how they grew up and how to interact with them well. So what I wanna challenge you to do is click the link in the description in order to pre-order a new kind of diversity right now. You can also go to the website, newdiversitybook.com um, in order to pre-order it there. The book is going to be released on October 25th, but I wanna ask you to do us a favor. In fact, it's a favor for our dear friend, Dr. Tim Elmore. Don't wait for the release of the book in order to buy it go ahead and pre-order it right now. What this does is it actually makes the book a little bit more of a success for Tim. It's gonna get into more people's hands and more people are gonna hear about it around the country and around the world. So be sure to click that link in the description and pre-order Tim's new book, A New Kind of Diversity, today. Thanks. All right, Tim, we're back. As promised, we're gonna to head towards some advice, some advice, frankly, I really love. I know you really love uh, this conversation as well, uh, but set us up for it. How, what, what are we talking about here? What, what, are, what are the big principles we're gonna need as we yeah. uh, move forward? It seems like there's uh, many ideas that could be utilized, but there were three big ideas uh, that have really um, given us a breakthrough, even at Growing Leaders. Yeah. Andrew, over the last two or three, four years, you're one of our department leads. We've even learned uh, uh, through hiring and 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 managing uh, different generations. Yeah. We've made our own set of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, we learned some valuable lessons along the way. Some of our hires were wrong hires. Yeah. They weren't bad people. They just weren't a fit for our organization. Others were a good fit, but leaders had to learn how to effectively communicate yeah, with them. Yeah. We can think of names of people that we love, but oh, that was a mismatch. Maybe it was my fault. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. It often was my fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and and same with me. Conversely, again, like we said, we hear millennial managers that share uh, communication can be clunky. It can be full of nuances and hidden messages and even ego. Yeah. And you've got to figure that out if you're a leader. So based on our life station, uh, we bring different norms and assumptions with us to the workplace. Mm. Think about this. Most respondents in a U.S. market watch survey said they're unlikely to get along with a team member from the, another generation. They just went ahead and assumed that. That's right. More yeah. than half. Wow. Yeah. In fact, Kelly Services, they're a recruitment and, and temporary hiring service. They said that um, this is the number one challenge of recruitment today mm. is a multi-generational workforce where people think so differently. Wow. Now, for decades and decades and decades, we've had a multi-generational, but it wasn't as um, vivid as it is today. Yeah. We're in our echo chambers today, yeah. millennials together, Xers together, boomers together, and it yeah. hasn't helped. And you know what's interesting? Only 8% of companies today, in America at least, even recognize this generational diversity as an as a category. Wow. We recognize ethnic and gender and yeah. income diversity. We don't recognize this as a topic. So it's an elephant in the room. Yeah. It's there. We all know it's there, but we don't yeah. know how to talk about it. Yeah. And of course it is is in companies, but as you mentioned, it's also showing up in schools, right? You and I are going yeah. to schools where you've got that teacher who's nearing retirement, has been there for years, has yeah. seen ideas come and go. And then there's the young upstart teacher who's coming in with brand new ideas yeah. from the degree they just got. Yes. So much energy and they want to make a lot of change. And those those two people often very much struggle to see eye to eye on a school campus. No doubt. All right. So we got three big ideas. Let's jump in. 
The first one is not a word. In fact, none of these words are unfamiliar. You'll go, well, of course. But when you put them together, it's almost magic. Yeah. So idea number one is lead with humility. Mm, I love humility. This. Um, Gavin bluntly corrected one of our senior leaders in front of the entire team on a Zoom call. Regardless of the accuracy of Gavin's comment, it divided folks because it made a it was made in an arrogant way to some of our some mm-hmm. of our team members. So everyone noticed it, but him. And the irony is he expected humility from others, but he didn't seem to to be able to know how to show it, at Mm. least in the minds of some of our people. So you might remember some of our team was divided over this. That style was a little blunt. So I met with Gavin and attempted to explain the disconnect. The problem wasn't his information. It was his delivery. And when people approach a difficult topic... Or from and, and someone from a different generation with humility, with humility, it communicates an openness to input, a recognition that they're human and they're even flawed. Mm. Even that nonverbal communication just makes it more palatable to hear about correction. So when I lead with humility, even though I'd like to say, now, wait a minute, I've been in my career 42 years. When I lead with humility, it's just so much easier to swallow yeah. whatever I have to say. Yeah, And I think that's true on both sides, young and old. So this means I offer ideas, then listen to gain helpful insight myself. Listening, I think, screams humility. It does, If there was one action step, listening screams, I'm being humble. So you've heard me say this a million times. I try to speak as if I believe I'm right, but I try to listen as if I believe I'm wrong. That's not hard with you, Andrew. I love you so much. (laughs) When you say something, even though you're 30 years younger, I think, I bet I'm about to learn something. I mean that. I really do. And I think that's true about all of our team members right now. Mm -hmm. There's just such a good spirit in our office, and I love it. But I think humility finds its way throughout the... We're not perfect, but I think it's prevalent. Yeah. In in some ways, uh, walking around the world carrying with you humility is a recognition that everyone around you can bring value. Right? Yes, that's right. I mean, even even in simple things like, you know, you're walking into the gas station and the gas station attendant, the idea that that person could add value to your life may seem like a foreign yeah. concept, yeah. but that's really what you're, that's the posture we're asking you to have when we're asking you to have humility. Walk around as if every human being you interact with could give you a nugget of wisdom for the day or whatever it is, add some great value to your life. And you'll start to hold yourself and your own opi- opinions differently because it's of so it. true. So listeners, I don't know if you feel like you've got a, a, a challenge with ego. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> we won't call you out or anything. That's right. That's right. We won't list, list names now. But um, some of us do. Many of us do. Maybe all of us do. But um, George is a friend of mine that admitted he did struggle with this. Mm. But it wasn't with students he was teaching. It was with his own teenage daughter. Mm. She was 18 years old. And George told me they really uh, ran into a a major impasse, he and his daughter. Mm. So they weren't talking. They weren't even talking. It was Mm. one of those times, just a weird, funky time. Teenage daughter, dad that was, I think both were digging their heels in on an issue. Um, He told me it was horror. There was a horrible wall between them. And even though the daughter would talk to mom and say, dad, mom, dad is so, you know, you know, blank, 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 blank. Um, she was saying, well, sweetheart, he means well. He loves you. Well, I don't care. And so George was saying, Tim, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't give him an answer. I just said, well, George, I'm so sorry, but you're going you're gonna to have to take the lead as the dad yeah. on this. And I want you to listen to what he did. He said, Tim, I did know what to do, but I knew I had to go first. And that meant humility. Yep. So he said, I, I asked my daughter, 
uh, if she'd like to go up to Tennessee, to University of Tennessee, and see the women's basketball team play. She was a, she was an athlete, and Pat Summit was still there. Uh, you remember Pat yeah, Summit, this legendary course. coach, and uh, he said, "Would you like to go?" Well, she didn't answer him because remember they weren't talking. Uh-huh. She ended up talking to her mom. She goes, "Mom, why does Dad ask me to do this? We're not, we don't, you know, like each other. You know, blah blah blah." Well, honey, he just wants to be with you. Well, you know, he's just going to preach, preach, preach. You know, and that's the reputation George had accumulated. Yeah, you got to do this. You got to do that. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. But the mom convinced the daughter, "You need to go with him." So George told me the story. They're driving up to Knoxville, Tennessee. Awkward long silence, drive, probably. Long, long drive from Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, there was awkward silence for 15 or 20 minutes, just silent in the car. Yeah. And George said, I didn't even know how to start. But he said, I finally awkwardly said, sweetheart, I have a question for you. And she said, what? You know, just like that. <laughs> yeah, thinking, here it goes. And he said... Do you think you could forgive me? Mm. She was quiet. And she said, for what? A little bit more calm. Mm -hmm. For what? And he said, you know, I just want to be a good dad. But I've fouled it up. I think my ego got in the way. I wasn't very humble. And he just was saying what everybody else in the family had noticed a long time ago. But um, that question exhibited humility, and he said, we had the greatest time. Mm. But it was a leader, this time in a home, expressing humility. Yeah. Healing cannot begin until we recognize where we've got to grow. So That's exactly right. Yeah. That's so good. All right. So big idea number two. Let's do it. The second one is an old-fashioned word. I almost hesitate to say it because everybody's going to go, of course. Yeah. But here's the word, respect. I actually think everybody believes in respect. It's almost like a poster on a wall in yep. every office, yep. but we don't show it sometimes, mm-hmm. especially when there's a long gap or a wide gap between generations. Yep. So um, Charlotte had a chip on her shoulder. She was smart and talented enough, in fact, very smart, as I remember, but she began most of her interactions with distrust instead of belief. Mm. This 24-year-old even told me when she meets new people, she assigns them a grade. So that's in, how she starts. They're, in her mind. She's evaluating yeah. in her mind the grade they get. She said they always start with an F, and they must earn an A. I chuckled. I didn't mean to laugh at her, but I, I said, oh my gosh, I'm the opposite. People yeah. start with an A, and they have to earn an F, yeah. you know, because I tend to believe in people, and oh, I love people, and, you know, I hug them, and that sort of thing. But I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder how her life is going. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I, seriously, I, she questions everything, which is fine if it's done in a respectable way. Yeah. But what she lacked at the time as a 24-year-old was the idea of respect. She would say, you have to earn it. Well, sometimes people didn't even have a chance to earn it. Yeah. So I think it's best to go and let's show respect from the beginning, forget that it's earned, and say, I'm going to give it from the beginning. Let them undo it, but you give them a fair fighting chance to, to have it from you. Once again, Charlotte demanded respect from others, but didn't offer it to others. This is cliche, but we live in a very uncivil time. We live in a time that's polarized, and uh, it's a disrespectful era. Can I just say that? Yeah. Uh, Respect communicates that you esteem the other person. Even if you feel like you got a better idea, it's good to recall that current ideas were implemented as solutions at one point as the best idea. So I'm telling you... I've learned 
if I show respect to those young team members on our team, yeah. and it's not hard in our office, but oh my gosh, does it go? When I show respect to my own kids who are 34 and 30, I think it's like, seriously? Yeah. This author, you know, you know, yeah, what, I'm, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So can I just remind you, I know you know it, respect, respect, respect yeah. this year. Talking about this term, it's much like humility, where it's a simple word, we all understand it, but it's loaded with weight, yeah. especially this word, because yeah. uh, in a workplace context, when you hear the word respect, it almost always means the young people need to respect the older people, yeah. you know? But really, what I love so much about what, how you closed out what you when you were talking about respect was recognition that respect goes both ways. Yes. Respect goes in every direction, mm -hmm. right? So this is it's as much about a young person respecting the uh wisdom and experience yeah. of an older person as it is about that older person respecting the youth and energy and creativity of of a younger person. That's exactly right. And when we get that right, and that's the the piece we don't often get right is we think respect goes in one direction, mm -hmm. but it actually goes in both directions. That's what I love so yeah. much about this conversation. One of our core values, Andrew, at Growing Leaders is begin with belief. Yeah, it's my favorite one. So it's not halfway through believe in them. Yes. Begin with belief. Yeah. And that's really about respect. It is. So if you're looking for listeners for a way to do it, begin with belief in every interaction you have. So we we have come to believe at Growing Leaders that Chip Conley was right. He's the one that coined the terms, every team has modern elders and young geniuses. Mm. I think our team has those. Yep. Whenever I'm with one of anybody that's younger than me, and that would be everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It is. I think you're probably a young genius with a category at least yeah. that I could learn from. Yeah. So think about your team, listeners. I got a bunch of modern elders that yeah. probably have wisdom yeah. and young geniuses that probably have intuition. Yeah. So our favorite illustration, you and me both, yep. uh, the Apollo space program back in the 1960s, they were uh, about to land a man on the moon. So it happened in July of 1969. All the years leading up to that between JFK's speech, we're going to do it, and the time we did it, NASA was run by an older generation of very seasoned veterans, yep. engineers, yep. but they're older like 45, 50, 55, 60, and you need that experience. But we were needing technology that only the young had at the time. Yeah. So they're hiring as interns, MIT grads, that totally got the newest technology. Yeah. And so, listeners, I don't know if you know this, but if you Google, you'll, you'll find this out. The people that mentored the people that landed up Neil Armstrong on the moon were much older. Yes. Uh, they were the senseis, right? They yes. were the mentors. Yeah. But the people that actually did it were in their 20s. The average age of the person that landed, that was an operator, 27 years old. Yeah. The guy that actually gave the go instead of the no, he yelled it out. Jack Garman, 23 years old, one year out of college. Amazing. And I love the fact that NASA said, we got young geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. So we play the role we're called to play. Be the mentors, but you guys know this equipment. It's just powerful. Yeah. And we did something nobody did. Absolutely. Put a man on the moon. That, that combination was inspired by this massive goal that we were all working towards, and we knew if we're going to get it, we've got to have everybody's strengths. That's exactly right. I love That's exactly that. right. All that right. Is, I love that example. Third idea, and we're going to close with this, is one that you might not expect on the list, curiosity. Love it. I think... I'm glad you do. I do. I really do. <laughs> well, if we stay curious throughout our aging process, things just go better between generations. Mm. So if we enter conversations curious to learn 
and to see new perspectives. It enables connection between two different points of view. I think that makes sense. So when teammates from two generations embody curiosity, they can naturally smooth over rough spots and differences in style. You might not say it the way I would say it, no matter. Yep. Let's get to the big idea here. Yep. So curiosity trumps conflict. That's tweetable, ladies and gentlemen. Curiosity trumps conflict and builds a bridge where, where there might have been a wall. So um, it communicates openness to new ideas and a hunger to grow and improve. Uh, I'll tell you a good example is Rachel. Rachel is 46 and Sam is 22, okay? Two different generations. At first, they butted heads during ideation meetings. But once the need to improve on methods was so obvious to everybody, both switched gears and became more curious. That was the answer. Yeah. It was curiosity. Had to trump, I don't even like you. Yeah. You know? So um, those teammates sharpen each other even to this day and now not only overlook their differences, but welcome them as an impetus for growth. That's their spark. I love Isn't that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I think curiosity, We, you and I have talked about this. I think curiosity is a meta competency for the 21st century, but it's great for your career, but it's also great for your interactions with other people. You are spot on in what you're saying. Curiosity, like respect, goes both ways. And when we have it, I think it just makes us all better. So you and I love the story, I'll close with this, of a doctor that did not stay curious. Uh, and it was a pivotal moment in American history. So when President James Garfield uh, was serving office, he was not too far into his term. He showed up at a train station, and little did he know there was a maniac with a pistol in his pocket that jumped out and shot him hmm. and was later accused of assassinating President Garfield. President Garfield eventually died. Um, the man that was really the culprit was not so much the assassin, although we don't endorse pistols. Yeah. It was the doctor that worked on President Garfield. Hmm. So his name was Dr. Willard Bliss, and he was the one that was assigned, actually self-assigned, to work on President Garfield. And so he's operating on his body, trying to find the stray bullets. And I think he found one, but they couldn't find the other. While he's there along the way, he won't let nurses touch that body. He won't let other doctors. He got so arrogant that only he should do this. He wouldn't let anybody else in. Sound like an uncurious person, no kidding, yeah. a disrespectful person. Yeah. Come on. So eventually, visitors came. Alexander Graham Bell showed up with his invention, the metal detector, <laughs> that we now count on. Yeah. So I, I think I might be able to spot the bullet with a metal detector. I mean... Dr. Bliss, Dr. Willard Bliss was so reticent to even let him, and he finally let him test it over a small part of the body, but it was the wrong part of the body. Yeah. And then Joseph Lister shows up, okay, who had just come up with this theory on germs. Ever heard of Listerine? Yeah. And he said, I th you know, there are some germs. You might want to wash your hands yeah. before you dig through that body. He was scoffed at by Hogwash, Dr. right? Yeah, that's right. Hogwash. Yeah. Gets today, yeah. you know? And he, and he never washed his hands. He, th this, this poor president, James Garfield, died not so much from the bullet, but from the germs that had infected uh, the body of the president. And, and I just think, that what a vivid picture of, mm. I think I know what I'm doing yeah. when we desperately needed the input of others. Mm. So the big three, well, I'll let you kind of wrap it up, yeah. but this, this is so critical that we get this in the new year. I love these three words. Again, like Tim said, they're all simple. We know what they mean. Humility, respect 
curiosity. But if those were guiding principles for us as we go into this new year, if that's what we were thinking about in all of our interactions, think how often that older person that you just don't get along with would start to seem like, oh man, they really are bringing some wisdom to the table. Or that young person who drives you crazy because they always got a new idea, all of a sudden would seem like, oh man, they're just so, they have so much energy. They bring so many ideas. We see people differently based on our perspective. And if I think if you carry that perspective of humility and respect and curiosity with you would change things. I want to commend you too, Tim, because you bring that to our team all the time. You come up with these great ideas and all the insights and you communicate them all very well, but you're also practicing them with our team as well. And I, I'm I really, learning. I'm learning. Yeah. Well, we're we're all learning together. So, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today, helping us think about how do we lead well in a new year in a very complex time. We know leadership is complex, but hopefully these principles will help kind of guide you along the way. Well, you've already heard about it, but uh, there's a book that Tim just came out with called A New Kind of Diversity. Uh, it's a fantastic resource. We want to commend this resource to you and and encourage you to pick it up. You can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. It's a fantastic resource talking about and actually going even further on some of the stuff that we talked about today about how to lead other generations really, really well. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. If you found this helpful and maybe you thought of a friend who might find it helpful as well, we encourage you to share it with them. That would be great if you could do that. If you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore, pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, maybe uh, people you think we should interview or subjects you think we should cover, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. Tim, thank you once again. Happy New Year to you. You too. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.